Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Talking Heads on USA Global TV. And I, I want to thank Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck for affording this uh, us this platform, access to her platform to get the word out on something that uh, my my buddy and I, uh, actually three of us have worked together on called ProFit, which is a team building experience. Uh, we'll be talking about ProFit, but I, uh, today we're going to be talking primarily about the importance of team building and what it is that team leaders really, really, really want. Uh, they may think they want to make more money. They may think they want higher profitability. They might think they want more productivity. Those are definitely all things they think they want. But what they really, really want is a change in the dynamics of their team that encourage their people to deliver all those things by loving what they do. That, to me anyway, is the holy grail of project management. So I'm going to be co-delivering this uh, half-hour conversation with uh, my partner, Mark Iorio. Mark, come on out. All right, Al. How are you, my friend? It's it's good to see you. And, and, and you know, I'm also going to acknowledge that even though she's not here, our co-developer on this effort is uh, Lisa Maniocchi, and she's been on prior Talking Heads with us, where we've and other programs on USA Global TV, where she's had a chance to talk about her contribution to this, which is something called presence intelligence. But, but today I want to talk about what project leaders really, really want. What it is that a leader of a team really wants from their team. And I'm going to start, if you don't mind, Mark, by telling a story of my background as a project manager working at General Electric. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was a project manager at General Electric, I learned that a typical project manager's job is to deconstruct a project into the little parts that you can assign to different people so that each of those people knows what role they have to play and what their deadlines are, and they can all get to work on it. And in the typical, tip, I mean, really typical project management world, you end up with a project where, let's say you've got 100 participants, 15 of them do 90% of the work. The other 85 or 90 people are just not as engaged as the core members of the team that you talk to every day. And as a result of that, the project deadlines slip and the timelines slip and the deliverables don't quite match the original promise that was made. And as a result, you get unhappy customers. And this is the reason why the success rates for corporate initiatives are so dismal. I mean, it's uh, pretty well known that a third of all corporate initiatives fail at some point in the process. Now, the trick to getting that project done isn't just to break the project up into a lot of little parts and give them to people and then yell at them when they don't deliver them. The trick, as my friend, as my buddy Mark will tell you, after years of managing small companies and helping companies manage their small companies, the trick is to get people to want to do the work. Do I have that right, Mark? Yeah, I mean, Al, it's it's uh, really about the purpose, right? It's all about that. And and when you have when you have disparate interests on a project team, where with with uh, your work at GE, uh, the work that I've done in in uh, well, you're coaching a baseball team, for example, 
you know, you've got different interests out there and to get everyone together to rally around the same purpose is really the whole idea behind teamwork. And oftentimes, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of conversation about team building and teamwork and that there's no I in team. Hmm. But frankly, if you don't have purpose first, um, there's a uh, very little chance that you're going to have a successful uh, team that sort of works together in a much more collaborative way. Al, that that's that's been the problem, and will continue to be the problem uh, going forward in any organization. And we've you know, um, we've solved that problem. We in in a big way, in a very fundamental way, and that that to me anyway is the most exciting part of this. It's you're you're exactly right, Mark. We live in a world where. Um, uh, when you're talking about management or leadership of anything, uh, whether it's a team or a whole company, and by the way, we don't make a distinction. When you're talking about leadership of anything, most of that talk is about slogans and platitudes and yep. things that people sort of regurgitate. Yep. But there really isn't a whole lot of operational advice. Well, how do I do it? And that to me, that you, you I mean, you talk about purpose. And the first part of what we deliver with Profit is an articulation and personification. That's a fancy way of saying taking the purpose of a team, making it so clear that it comes to life, presenting it to everybody as a role model, and then giving everybody the tools and the experience they need, the skills they need to emulate that role model, to become more like that role model in the work they do so that the contributions they make to the team add up to what the team needs, which is really from the very beginning what the team leader actually needed. And uh, that that's why it, that's why it's so much fun. Why don't you talk a little bit about I, I know as a practical matter, the end result is you make more money, you save money, you get a more efficient result. All those things that everybody says they want get delivered. But there are also some magic moments in a profit experience that are really the reason why people want to do it. That, Mark, maybe you can talk to a little bit because you've experienced a bunch of them. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know what happens oftentimes, you know, and I love this and you and I, you and I have experienced this together where people start to feel like they're they're being asked to participate. And for the first time since they've been in this organization, they're being asked to participate in in the decision making in the organization. I, I just want to give the audience a, a quick background. The reason I love what we do is because. We've taken the science behind this and we've we've personalized it in, in, a, in a way. And we start off by asking this really simple question that's very uh, not so easy to, you know, to understand. Imagine your entire team or your entire organization or, you know, the people that you work with, whether it's, uh, you know, a project management team or the entire department as though it were a single person doing its best work on its best day to deliver all of its promises and achieve all of its goals. What does that look like? And the beauty of this is the psychology of this survey instrument that we've developed you first and with, with me and, and Lisa sprinkling some information in there is to think about these words that you select inside that survey instrument as you imagine this team right? As you imagine this person, this role yeah. target. And the beauty of it is wherever we land in that organization becomes with some work, a fair amount of work, it doesn't happen overnight, 
But in the in the case of ProFit, we can do all of this in four hours and then give you the tools to go out and help, you know, coordinate that organization together, you know, uh, get everyone to work together in a more unified way is to is to then take that group and have them migrate more closely to toward that North Star, toward that role target. And that's the beauty of this whole process. It it gets everyone to work together as a unit, not them individually, but them as a unit together to create that or fulfill that purpose, to fulfill that mission, right? But do it together in a behavioral way so that everyone can witness it. Everyone can see it. And teams do generally do not work that way. They generally work in silos. There's a lot of passive aggressive behavior because everyone's trying to jockey for position oftentimes. And this doesn't happen in every organization, but enough. And so what ends up happening, Al, is that people start to work in a more collaborative way. They, they start to work on projects that become much more productive. As, as a result of the productivity, you start to see the value in that organization go up. The, not, not just the value of the side of the company financially, but the value of working together in a more collaborative way. There's so much to be said for that. You hear about team chemistry all the time. Mm. That's why you have team chemistry, because there is a singular purpose that everyone can buy into. And that's what we do. That's the problem that we're solving in, in a four-hour work session with our ProFit team. That's capital V value. Which, which is even, especially these days, with uh, more and more of an emphasis, I think, inside of organizations on the human factors, the human element, the uh, importance of diversity, uh, uh, inclusion. I mean, all the DEI initiatives are looking for a way to operationalize them. And the the cool thing about what we do is that they're naturally inviting everybody to participate on an equal level, regardless of rank or seniority, because whoever participates on this team, whether they own the company or answer the phones and mop the floors, right. all play the same role. And everything everybody says is equally valuable and equally valid. We actually get everybody. And that, see, that, for me anyway, that solves that problem that I mentioned that a lot of project managers face. You know that you've got a couple of stars on your team who are going to do a wonderful job and work really hard. But the real solution that you're looking for is the one that enlists everybody on the team to work equally hard. Mm -hmm. So when you say you want equitable and inclusive participation, uh, there's a direct business benefit to that because the more people are actually participating, the better a result you get and the faster that result comes in. And the more aligned that result is with what your clients originally said they wanted, because that's really the, all the wisdom is in all the people. And, uh, and that's what we deliver with ProFit because it starts with everybody saying what they think, who they think we are. That question you mentioned, Mark, uh, the incorporating question, who are we when we're doing our best work on our best day? Yeah. Everybody has an equal right to answer that question, no matter how long they've been with the company, what rank they hold in the company, whatever individual differences may distinguish them. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't make any difference whether you're fully abled or in a wheelchair or Whatever your condition, whatever your background, whatever your education, you can play this. Uh, you can play a part in this process. You know, you uh, I sent you and Lisa a video last week or the week before with Nick Saban, the uh, the coach at the University of Alabama, 
uh, arguably one of the winningest coaches in, in college football history. And one thing he talked about was that the people who are mediocre cannot stand the high achievers and the high achievers cannot stand people who are mediocre. And they're part, part of the problem is because they haven't all bought into a singular par- purpose within the organization. Hmm. And what you said earlier, Al, about, about uh, equity and inclusion, our process it, it's not a box checking process. Mm-hmm. DE&I largely, a lot of organizations don't know how to become more diverse, more inclusive, more equitable. Mm-hmm. Our process by its nature gets every single person in the organization involved in the process and becoming a better version of themselves day by day. And if you don't do that, you're just going to end up with a mediocre organization or the 15 people out of the 100 that you talked about who are on a project doing all the work. That's not what you want. You want to try to get you're never going to get 100 percent of the part of the folks participating. We understand that some people self-select out of this process. But what we do is we give you the tools to say, here is your departmental, your your team North Star, your organizational North Star. This is how you all march toward that North Star collectively to eliminate those silos and that passive aggressive behavior and such. And, and now that you've got that momentum, now you can work in a much more collaborative way for things that are, are, are important. Things like performance and, and, and uh, review programs that need mm-hmm. to be, this stuff needs to be baked into that. You just can't have a review every every six months and say, oh, wow, you know, uh, you you did this well, you did that well and you did that well. But these things you really were not very good at. That's not helpful. Day by day, if you're having conversation and dialogue every single day about whether or not you are lining up with the purpose of the organization or your behavior is in sync with you know the north star of the organization or the role target in the organization that's what matters they're the things that matter it's everyday reinforcement of those of those behaviors and that's what we do and 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 that's what makes the organizational so the organization so much better day by day that's you know i uh, we all have experiences uh, uh, we've been doing uh, this exercise in various forms now for uh, more than a decade and uh, so for hundreds of teams involving thousands of people, we've gotten them together to, to have this shared experience where they set the goals. Mm-hmm. They decide what they're going to contribute. Mm-hmm. They propose their contributions to each other. Mm-hmm. They evaluate each other. Essentially, they work together to try to become better versions of themselves without ever using any form- formal performance review. I mean, you mentioned the... Uh, performance review process that everybody hates, especially management. Nobody enjoys sitting down with an employee and going down the list of things that irritate you about about that employee and then giving them a grade. What you love about coaching a winning team is inspiring the players on that team to win. And Mark, this is something I know you've had direct personal experience with. When everybody on the team wants to win and they really know what it is they have to do to contribute to achieving that, then all of a sudden you've got a winning team without having to complain that anybody isn't doing this right or that right. They just get it done. And uh, and there was one experience in particular. It'll take a minute or two to explain this. But 
but it was one of my favorites because we worked with a maintenance team. And it's important to remember that you don't need to be college educated at all to experience the wonder of working collaboratively with other people. Mm. This is not an academic exercise by any means, although there's a, a lot of science behind it. This is a, a approach people where they live right in their hearts and what really motivates them kind of an experience. Yep. We work with a maintenance team, a group of people that maintain the physical infrastructure of a building. And on that team, there were a lot of people who'd been on that team for 25 or 30 years, very senior people who knew the job really well and did it day in and day out. And there were a lot of young people that platooned in every now and then, uh, often as interns, sometimes as new employees. Big team, too, by the way. And there was always this difference. The older guys would call the younger guys college kids, would make fun of how the college kids didn't know how to mop floors. The college kids didn't know how to turn screws. Well, we, we did this exercise for this maintenance team, and all of that came out in the exercise. The young people talked about how marginalized they felt. The older people confessed that they were doing this all the time but didn't need to, and they realized that what they were doing was wrong. And the outcome of it, for me anyway, one of the outcomes of it was one particular experience that came up. They gave, as they usually did, a college kid, your typical college kid job. Here's a pile of screws. We want you to separate these screws into three piles, the small, the medium size, and the large screws. Give, give that to the college kid. None of us want to do it. Let's give it to the college kid. Let's see if a college kid can do it. Well, this particular college kid on this team that we had worked with came up with a solution that involved a piece of wood, three holes in it, and an electric motor. And when you turned his solution on, it would sort out the large, the medium-sized, and the small screws automatically by spinning the screws. And it would have worked, except the college kid didn't know anything all that much about motors, wasn't all that good with carpentry, didn't know how to drill holes. But there was an older guy on the team that we had worked with who used to be the guy who would make fun of the college kids. And he said to everybody, give me a couple of days, I want to work with them. And we did. And two or three days later, we had this machine that the older guy helped the younger guy build because he knew how to use a drill and he knew how to work the wood and he knew how to make the motor work. And uh, we had a solution that actually separated these three piles of screws, in, uh, this one pile of screws into three separate piles. And as much as that was a silly, if you think about it, a silly application, mm -hmm. what we had were, was a complete disruption of the dynamics of that team where the older people and the younger people were now working together instead of against each other. Right. And that shows up in everything this team does mm -hmm. everywhere, yep. whatever it is, instead of me trying to make fun of you because you can't, I'm going to pitch in and see if I can't help you learn how, how to do it. I'm going to see if I can't help you get it done. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that just changes everything. And for me anyway, that those are the little miracles that we pull off. Well, it's that it's that collaboration, Al. That that I think is lacking in organizations that uh, typically operate in in silos. You know what I'm talking about. People sure. people that are watching this program know exactly what I mean by working in silos or operating in silos or having that 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 passive aggressiveness when you walk into an organization. When you when you start to work in a much more collaborative way because it's benefiting the team, which in turn benefits you as an individual, then that's when you start to work uh, in, in a much more collaborative fashion. When you mm -hmm. understand that the purpose 
is a collective purpose. When you understand that, you know, that that pushing someone aside or stepping some on on top of someone or or, uh, you know, in the case of my cousin, who is a dentist and in in, in the labs, you know, the, the guy that went before him would would put the uh, micro microscope out of focus so that it messed him up. Right. The next the next time he used the micro that the microscope, that's what we're talking about here is collaboration and not harming the other person so that you can and the team can benefit. How do we do that? We do that by getting everyone to participate. We do that by getting everyone, uh, everyone's voices to be heard. As you said a few minutes ago, it's the person that answers the phones and mops the floors. It's the CEO. It's everyone involved. And you have to communicate this a million and one ways. You have to connect the head, meaning I understand this intellectually, the heart, meaning I believe it. I believe it needs to be done. And the hands, which means I am willing to, to put forth an implementation plan to get our team to more, work in a more collaborative fashion. Otherwise, without this connecting the head, the heart, and the hands, I'm sorry, but it doesn't work. You can give it lip service. You can, uh, you can think about it. But it, until you get those three things to connect, it's just not uh, it's not in the cards. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but that's what ends up with people talking about, gee, how do we get our team to work together in a much more uh, collaborative fashion, Al? Uh, and then they just sit, sit around and have a little powwow. And, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a pizza. We're going to have pizza parties on Fridays. We're not telling you to not do that. What we're hmm. telling you is that that is a perk. And people will forget about that on Monday. Here, this is an emotional and intellectual connection with the people that are on your team so that they can think about what they're doing day by day in a much more, you know, organized and collaborative fashion. That's it. It's that simple. It's that difficult. But it, we make it that simple. You you uh, you uh, raised an important distinction too, Mark. That uh, I mean, an awful lot of people when they think about team building think, I want to pull my people together and give them a social experience. So it could be going to a pizza parlor to learn how to make pizzas. It could be uh, zip hanging from a zip line or a paintball or bowling or I mean, there are lots of those. And the last thing we'd tell people is don't do that because there is value in getting people together. There is outside of work. Yeah, uh, having fun. There's certainly value in that, but. If you want something that really lasts, that you use continually beyond the event as a basis for continuous positive improvement and transformation, that's what we do with ProFit. So ProFit isn't in instead of paintball. ProFit is in addition to paintball. Yep. Part of the program, your next team meeting, whatever that is, what we offer is something you can offer as part of that meeting and fits inside of a meeting, I mean, it, it's four hour experience, so it fits easily inside of a regularly scheduled meeting. Uh, and it, it, it takes the social experiences and gives them purpose and meaning to make sure that they last beyond the experience itself. Yeah, I think that's that's the key. It's four it's four hours. Is it is it the be all and end all to uh, getting your team to work together in, in a collaborative fashion? Not a chance. It. it you're, we're not going to do a workshop or conduct a workshop or facilitate a workshop in four hours and magically have your team work together in a more collaborative way. It's not going to work. 
don't even hire us for that, please. Cause I don't, I don't want, what I don't want to do is have you come back to us at some point and say, your thing didn't work. Here's what I'm, t- here's what I'm about to tell you. The four hour workshop is a start. It's the beginning of a process when we hand you the tools to say, okay, now that you have your marching orders, your guidance system, your North Star, your role target, whatever you want to call it, now you can start working toward a more collaborative organization, a more collaborative team. We Hmm. can't do that for you. You have to do that yourselves. We will guide you if you want us to come back in and help you get there. We've certainly done a lot of that. We've done plenty of these over the last decade, as Al said. And, you know, the whole idea here is it does require work. I sometimes I like to make this analogous to, you know, those little um, uh, those apps for dieting, whether it's uh, Golo or Noom. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is when you download that app on your phone, that's not the end of it. That's just the beginning. Day by day. Every single day, behaviorally, you've got to look at your intake of food and say, I'm going to eat a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of carbohydrates, a certain amount of sugars, etc. And that's it. And every day your behavior changes so that you can become healthy, not in a week, not in a month, but over the over the course of time. Our process is very similar to that. It's almost identical to that. We give you the, the tools, the ProFit tools, ProFit for Teams is what it's called. ProFit, the number four, teams.com. And once you understand that, once you understand where you need to go, now you've got the tools to help get that team organized and, and have, them mar- have them marching in that direction. And oftentimes, because it's internal, you're going to have a struggle it's not as easy as you have where, where you have someone from the outside come in as a consultant and help you, you know, help guide you through that process. And that's where we, you know, we can certainly help you. But that four hour workshop, folks, is not the be all and end all. It's not the silver bullet. But it's but you 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 actually did summarize the process uh, you know, in, a, in a very novel, kind of a great, very direct way too, Mark. Uh, there are five ingredients that make up a team, just mm-hmm. five. How yeah. much of each ingredient you use, uh, the circumstances in which you use each of those ingredients, uh, all of that mixed together is what makes a terrific team. So, you know, viewing those five elements as kind of ingredients and in baking a terrific cake or in making a, a really delicious meal, making a healthy meal, mm-hmm. uh I think I think there's an awful lot in what you say, and it's as simple as that. It it is no more complicated than that. And that's what we do with uh, with Profit. That's what makes it fun. And then you just stick to that diet going forward, uh, and that that's what makes you who you are. Yeah. And you, I mean, you get better customer experience from that. You get a better employee experience from that. And we don't make a difference. We don't distinguish between the two. Uh, you know, customer service. What is customer service really, Mark? Except that. Yeah, it's deli- it's delivering on the brand promise, and every single every single time, every single touch point. Imagine this: that um, you come in contact with any stakeholder, whatever it is, inside uh, the organization, outside the organization, a prospect, a new hire. Every single one of those brand in- interactions 
has a, uh, a, a there's sort of like that, uh, that emotional bank account in a sense. It's mm. back here, right? So if you have a positive experience constantly with people because they want to help the client, they want to help the prospect, they want to help the new hire, or they want to help the, in, the person being interviewed or the current customer, right? That interaction has, uh, it adds value to the emotional bank account. So we keep making emotional deposits. And when we have really bad experiences, we make emotional withdrawals. We're trying to eliminate those emotional withdrawals by giving you the tools to say, this is the experience we want to have. It's, it's almost like the golden rule in, in life you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Um, the one thing that I will say is that when you come to the table and you, we build a pro fit for teams model and a workshop, your personality, your skill set is as important as everyone else's. We're not mm. asking you to change any of that. What we're asking you to do is to help enhance the team together by using the skill sets that you bring to the table. So to make it quickly analogous to a, a, a baseball, because I was a former college baseball coach and player, um, is that if you're a short, you have the skill sets for a shortstop and, you know, there's skill sets for a second baseman. Mm -hmm. You too are bringing the skills to the team that help turn double plays or help uh, feel the ground ball up the middle or, help get the the uh, the outfielders the correct signs so that they get a better jump on the baseball or whatever it might be. So the skill sets that you bring to the table are critical to the team. And, and that's what we share with you. Unfortunately, in business, Al, that's not the way things typically happen. The, the way things typically happen is people come inside the organization, they punch metaphorically a, a clock, they mm. go to their desk, they sit there, they do their work. There's not a whole lot of, or a ton of interaction. And, and that's how they end up with those silos and not working together in a more collaborative way. So that's kind of the way ProFit works. And uh, it has a huge impact on the bottom line, the value of the company and the productivity inside the organization. Yeah, Mark, that's I, really well said. And I mean, that wraps it up. We've, we've, this was a, a great 30 minutes. I appreciate your time on this. I've appreciated, buddy, over the years, many years, uh, the work we've done together, the difference we've made for the clients we've served, and I'm looking forward to uh, to keep on doing this for many years to come. So thank you for for being a great partner and a and a and a great collaborator and all that. My my pleasure, my friend. It's always it's always great to see you. And thanks to Dr. Jacqueline and uh, USA Global TV. We really appreciate the for uh, the format here, Al. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And I want to thank everybody who's tuned in. For this Talking Heads, I really appreciate your time and your attention, and uh, I'm easy to reach, uh, al.cini at getbcat.com. We have a phone number for ProFit, 212-480-3730. Happy to talk with anybody about how we might be able to help your team or department or company, uh, and um, thanks again for watching. <music>